Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Patience Adamu. And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip, a podcast about political decision making during a racial revolution. Stay tuned as we parse through the weekly decisions being made by our political leaders that impact the Black community. You ready? Let's do it. Hey, 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 everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. This week on The Drip, we discuss a number of things, including newfound support for immigration among Canadians, Black Lives Matter successfully changing public opinion about Black people, Jagmeet Singh calling for higher taxes on excess corporate profits, the federal government's response to Joyce Etrequan's death, rents finally counting towards credit scores, sort of, higher hydro rates hitting Ontario, yearbook woes come as a reminder of racism, Ice Cube negotiates his contract for Black America, Nigerians around the world call for an end to police brutality and a whole lot more. We thought we'd start with some news that makes us proud to be Canadian. A full two-thirds of Canadians now support immigration, according to a survey from Environics Institute, Century Initiative, and the University of Ottawa. This hasn't always been the case, so I'm very happy that people are finally acknowledging that immigration adds value to our economy by filling roles that need to be filled, while also enabling us to pay for our social safety net through an expanded tax base. The survey shows that 81% of NDP supporters favor current immigration levels, and it's the same thing with 75% of liberal voters, both up a tad since last year. The positive trend is most noticeable among federal conservative party supporters, with 52% disagreeing with the statement that there is, quote, too much immigration to Canada, up seven points. So if you're worried about debt, then welcome immigrants and refugees. Black Lives Matter helped change public opinion about Trump-style politics on both sides of the border. Now populism is on the decline. I'm telling you, man, when I say that COVID needed to happen for there to be a correction in the world, it's pretty clear here. Innovate Research Group designed a poll that spoke to thousands of Canadians and Americans during the same week that Trump caught COVID. The survey found that trust in experts and preference for compromise is way up from where it was in both countries four years ago. In 2016, 52% of Canadians and 55% of Americans agreed with the statement that, quote, too often the government listens to experts instead of common sense. That's pretty scary. In 2020, thankfully, that's changed. Now, only 44% of respondents said they prefer common sense over expert opinion, and only 42% of Americans think the same. As far as compromise goes, a full 51% of Americans now say a compromise is a necessary job for government, up 10 points over 2016. The difference in opinion is far closer in Canada, with 51% in favor of compromise, but only 50% not in favor. That said, research also shows that Canadian opinions on compromise are softening, since 34% said compromise didn't end well back in 2016, but now 
only 31% of Canadians feel that way. And here's the big news, patients. Apparently, there's now more than a slim majority of Canadians and Americans that actually like Black people. I mean, like, is that a yay? Like, do I, do I, am I happy about that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm <laughs> happy about that, but I think definitely goes to show, you know, George Floyd, the, the nature of that video did go a long way to showing people that Black people have been persecuted on, on this land, on Turtle Island. Uh, and I think that that has offered them a lot of perspective. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all about that. Uh, I guess the, the slim majority is what's kind of bothering me. Like, why why are we not kind of an overwhelming majority of people who can kind of stand Black people or, or like Black people? But, you know, I guess we're, we're, we're on a moving train. Yeah, that's that's a good point. We uh, We definitely seem to be on a moving train. My position on this is how the hell... Are there still people saying there's no systemic racism or racism that's widespread in either country when these numbers are so clear on how strong racism is? Exactly. You can't get around this. Anyway, in 2016, only 51% of Americans said they had favorable or very favorable views of black citizens. That's up to 62% in the newest survey. The same jump happened here in Canada from 55% to 65%. Oh, that's great. That means that, uh, you know, if I see 10 white people on the road, six of them like me. 10 points on both sides of the border. I was about to say just like that. But in truth, this has actually been four years in the making from when Black Lives Matter first came on the scene. Regardless of if you believe in their radical aims, which by the way, I don't fully agree with, we all must respect the fact that BLM has made things better for Black people. Your thoughts, Patience? Yeah, absolutely, uh, and and I'm 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 really actually a pretty big fan of of the the, the global Black Lives Matter movement. I, I think that it has inspired a lot of uh, other social movements that have picked up speed as of recent. So um, I, I think that Black the the world has become a, a better place to be after the, the the Black Lives Matter movement. Look at that, Black people making things better. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, we told you about the absolutely infuriating and just sad story of Joyce Echaquan, a member of the Atikamek Nation, who lay dying in a Montreal bed as nurses taunted her and mocked her with name-calling, even laughing at her, again, as she lay dying. We have someone of an update. In direct response, the federal government, led by Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller, convened an urgent meeting to focus on the experiences of Indigenous peoples with systemic racism in federal, provincial, and territorial health systems. 200 Indigenous and non-Indigenous doctors and various officials of health from across Canada were invited. Minister Miller called it, quote, a failure of all levels of government. Damn right it is. Now, look, Minister Miller has been doing the right stuff since being appointed, so I'm going to give him the, the benefit of the doubt that this isn't just window dressing. It better not be. Joyce, indigenous peoples more broadly, and all peoples deserve better in this country. Circling back on some news about Anime Paul. Three senior, albeit less prominent, Ontario refs from the Liberals, Conservatives, and NDP are calling for voters in Toronto Centre, where Anime Paul is running, to vote for her instead of voting along party lines. Really interesting, right? Their reasoning is that this is a rare occasion to break away from party molds to contribute to a, quote, important collective mission. That collective mission, I assume, meaning to make Canada a more equitable place for all. 
Greg Sorbera of the Liberals, Hugh Siegel of the Conservatives, and Zanata Akande of the NDP say that despite their loyalty to their party and the candidates that they've run, voters in Toronto Centre should push Anna Mee to victory over her competition due to the fact that she's not only qualified but accomplished, and because there's precedent of allowing new party leaders to be elected to the House unopposed. There was a time, literally up until 2019, where this happened. Last year in the Burnaby, B.C. by-election, the Green Party decided not to run a candidate against Jagmeet Singh, even though the other parties did. And what happened? He won. And he's since made Canada a more just place by successfully advocating for better pandemic benefits for Canadians. What sucks is Jagmeet isn't repaying the favor. Thoughts on this, Patience? This is... I didn't know this. I didn't know that there was kind of this Canadian courtesy of, of allowing new party leaders to be elected to the House unopposed. It's a kind of cool idea. Mm-hmm. It is a liberal stronghold. We talked about this last week, right? That, mm-hmm. that writing. So I, I guess I, I understand if you're maybe worried about losing a majority or losing a minority, the, the, the seats are just really close. I, I guess I could understand why that would be an issue. But honestly, I, I would love for there to be some blackness, let's be clear, amongst um, party leadership in Canada. So I'm definitely all for her um, running unopposed. We haven't set an election date yet. So I think that we're kind of giving folks enough time to maybe find um, Marcy Ian and the other folks who are looking to run in that riding uh, a safer riding for them to like run democratically and get a seat. Uh, I really like this idea of letting her run unopposed. What do you think? My thoughts? I think the three of them know their opinion won't have much clout, so it was harmless to say and therefore easy to say. I personally would love to see Anime in the house just like you, but I'm pretty sure that due to where she's running and who she's running against, particularly Marcy Ian, Anime's going to lose. And 338 Canada, which is a solid poll aggregator, currently only shows her winning 7% in what is a safe liberal writing. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. Jumping to the economy. Jigmeet Singh is calling for an excess profits tax like what both Canada and the U.S. had in the First and Second World War to prevent profiteering during COVID. And I fully agree with him. To be clear, he's not talking about small or even medium-sized businesses when he calls for higher taxes. No, rather, he's looking at Amazon and large grocery chains that have seen massive profits since the pandemic began because of shifting consumer trends. He wants to see giants like Amazon taxed at double the corporate tax rate on any profit above pre-pandemic earnings. Jigmeet's rationale was, quote, it shouldn't be everyday people that pay the price for the cost of the pandemic, or the cost of the recovery. Those at the very top who have enjoyed massive profits should certainly pay their fair share, end quote. Economists like Allison Christians, the H. Heward Steichman Chair in Tax Law at McGill University, agrees, saying now is a solid time for such a tax, especially to pay for things like healthcare, which was a huge need even before the pandemic. And he's got a huge point, by the way, because I don't know if you all remember this, But our large grocery chains initially started paying their staff pandemic pay of an extra two bucks an hour, which was small on the one hand, but on the same time, significant to those people, then canceled it after three months, despite seeing huge profits. Metro in particular, I think it was, saw profits increase year over year by over a billion dollars, yet still chose not to pay their staff more. 
So patients, do you think Jagmeet's onto something here? I know Jagmeet's onto something here. Uh-huh. There have been Canadian businesses that have really, really benefited from COVID-19 and from the moves that we've been making uh, to, to keep people at home. And I don't know how many people have, have heard about, about this, but Palladium, the, the Mississauga location, so Palladium Park in Mississauga, located near Square One, said it will be closing its doors permanently as of November 1st. This is a you know a Canadian business, a medium sized business that's been operating pretty safely for the the, the last ten twenty years, and just you know it's it's over uh, November first, it's it's done. So it, there there should be some kind of an excess profits tax that, as we were discussing last week, um, you know should turn into some kind of corporate welfare for these smaller businesses that just are not gonna gonna make it. That's right. That's exactly right. By the way, we meant to inform you about this last week, but we didn't get to. And we want to make sure you know about it today because this is a game changer for many. There's now a program that recognizes people's rent payment against their credit score. And it needs to be expanded like yesterday. Because how is it that our credit score can be impacted by our phone bill, but not our rent, which most people pay on time and with no issues, and is so much higher in value. Thanks to Zachary Killam. This man's killing him. Ooh, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Killam, CEO of uh, the for-profit Landlord Credit Bureau, or LCB. Renters are about to get a fairer shake because of the deal he linked with Equifax. Now, anyone who signs up for a tenant record with the LCB will have their rent payments reflected in their Equifax credit score. There's no deal inked yet with the other two credit bureaus in Canada, and I haven't seen any news about that, but I have to assume Zachary's on it. So, yo, good on him, because if men's were renting right now, I'd be on that. Yeah. I, I think that that's really, really interesting. I remember hearing a quote, uh, Curtis, or a, a statistic, Curtis, that said that 50% of the working poor, people who are kind of living paycheck to paycheck, have to decide between paying their rent and making sure that they have food on the table. That is uh, so I, I take your point that people really obviously prioritize their rent above every other thing. So this is like a given and is a win, I think, for, for the average Canadian. So it's great news. 100%. 100%. I'm, I'm excited to see how this impacts, you know, the housing market and just people's overall financial health in the next five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of less positive news. Hydro rates are going up by 2%. Hold on. Didn't Doug Ford say he'd get the rates down and keep them so? Or am I just being unfair considering the pandemic? I mean, you decide. I'll just leave that there. The Ontario Energy Board announced the November 1st increase on Tuesday, with Premier Doug Ford saying the increase was caused by the rate of inflation, while the official opposition, led by the NDP, accused him of breaking a 2018 election promise to cut hydro rates by 12%. Ford says the increase will be about two bucks and twenty four cents, which honestly is not a big deal. I don't know. It's the fact that he said he would lower the cost, and he's not doing that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm triggered right now because I'm a liberal, and we lost the election because of hydro rates. Anyway, um, customers will have the option to move from time of use pricing, where the cost of hydro goes up during peak hours and down during evenings and, o- and overnight, to a tiered pricing system that bills them at a lower rate for the first thousand kilowatt hours and rises after that. Time of use pricing has been frozen throughout the day at 12.8 cents per kilowatt hour until the end of the month, per kilowatt hour until October 31, 
in recognition of people working from home. For the record, the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses is applauding the move to a tiered pricing system. Moving on to tax fairness, when when Justin Trudeau's Liberal government came into power, they promised to go after multinational tax cheats. I think that was a big deal for many people and was a reason that lots of fair-minded folks voted for them. I'm certainly one of the people who did. Looks like they've been following through on that promise. The Parliamentary Budget Office, or PBO, said in a report that increased spending on business tax enforcement by the CRA is generating billions in new tax revenue and a nearly six-fold return, fam. Cha-ching for fairness, y'all. The CRA said that the $1.9 billion in additional funding that's been provided by the Liberals over an eight-year period starting in 2015-2016 generated about $5.70 for every new dollar spent on business tax compliance. It projects that ratio will decline over time, meaning the government may fall short of its $13 billion target of tax revenue uh, repatriation. But listen, man, I'm happy to hear that fairness is going to be the law of the land. And quite frankly, this money is going to go to paying for services that Canadians need. So everybody should be happy about this. Thoughts on that, patient? I totally agree. I can't. There's nothing better than fixing tax legislation to make sure that that it is providing the, the greatest output for Canadians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was honestly, I was, I was shook. Not shook. I shouldn't say shook, but I was worried. I was concerned that even with the policy being put in place, the government wouldn't actually be able to recoup like a majority of that money. And quite frankly, a lot of reports, a lot of media reports made it seem that way, I guess, to just scare people, right? Or make people think that regardless of what the government does, it's not going to be enough. But look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happening. Very pleased with it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, moving on to blackity black black news. What's been going on, Patience? A Pickering graduate, Joshua Telemac, submitted a tribute to his grandmother to his yearbook committee. Normal stuff, right, Curtis? Mm-hmm. It read, quote, R.I.P. Grandma, thank you for guiding me through my four years of high school. It was changed to, quote, R.I.P. Harambe Duga Buga U. And now, Durham police have been interviewing faculty and students at St. Mary Catholic Secondary School to find out what happened. Harambe, 
just for context, refers to a gorilla that was killed at a Cincinnati, Ohio zoo in 2016. Telemac was not the only student to have his remarks altered. Another nine students also had their remarks changed, although Telemac's was the most insulting change. I actually didn't realize that there were more than one. Yeah, this is absolutely unacceptable, especially because we know that at least one teacher was involved with the handling of the yearbook, as is normal across the province or across the country, let's say. And in a recent update uh, and an effort to really end things on a warmer note for the story, I want to, to highlight that local celebrity, Pinball Clemens, offered Telemac a four-year university scholarship, which was awarded to him recently this past week on his 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. So although, you know, the school is collecting all the yearbooks and trying to make the changes so that, that the impact isn't long-term, it really does call into question how racist epithets can end up in a book that is supposed to be filled with memories and in a tribute that was, you know, very personal to this young man. Any thoughts about this, Curtis? I I mean, it's, you've already pointed out how disgusting this was, how infuriating this is. You know, I I remember being, I I don't know why I was shocked, I guess because of how close it is to home and the fact Mm. that it's happening even in this time but you know i was i was shocked to see that it happened and i was angry as hell when i read the story and uh you know a few days later as you know you know there was that that moving show of solidarity by the community led by pinball clemens and others and you know that was really good to see but the reality still is that these whoever took part in this process whether they be teachers or or, or some of the printing staff at whatever company actually printed the yearbook, whatever it is, anybody who was involved with this, they first and foremost need to be fired, not reprimanded. They need to be fired. And to the extent applicable under law, they need to be charged. Because if we don't do these things, people are going to keep thinking it is okay, or at least they're not going to face any accountability for their racism. And it has to stop. In other news, Ice Cube has gotten into bed with the Trump administration. According to Ice Cube, he has been meeting with the Trump administration to come up with real solutions for Black communities across the U.S., all of which have been detailed in Ice Cube's contract with Black America. Cube has been taking a lot of hits for this. But you know what? In in the the most... um, pity and discretion that I will offer to to Ice Cube in today's episode. I I do think that in a two-party system, it is important or understandable uh, to make deals on both sides. But lots of people don't see it that way. Ibram X. Kendi, a professor known for his work on anti-racism, said the rapper is quote-unquote lying to himself. I have to agree, man. I, I, I got to agree. <laughs> His quote continues. Before we talk truth to power, we must talk truth to ourselves. Cube is lying to himself that he can get Trump to deliver black progress in exchange for black votes when Trump hasn't brought progress for his own supporters. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's just logic. <laughs> yeah, the process starts, brother, by talking truth to yourself. And this is what Ibram Kendi wrote on on Twitter. Brittany Cooper, a professor and author, slammed the rapper on Twitter, questioning when Ice Cube became a spokesperson, a spokesman for Black America. But my question is, 
who exactly is a spokesperson for Black America? Also, to be clear, although Ice Cube is having conversations with Trump, he has not explicitly endorsed Trump and called for Black voters to vote for him. But this is certainly a distraction from what has been a huge push to have Black folks vote Democratic this November. What are your thoughts, Curtis? No, no, 100%. Like, I'll say one thing in fairness to Ice Cube. Like, the, you know, Brittany Cooper, she said, who who made Ice Cube the spokesman for Black America? To be honest, he actually was at one point. <laughs> but clearly things have changed. You call it a distraction, and I think it, it very much is so, you know, because he's he has a history of being ambivalent, ambivalent between voting Democrat and Republican, particularly between Biden and Trump. And he's still not calling for folks to vote for, for Biden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I don't know, man. You want to uplift others in your community and you want people to be engaged, but it's like, yo, if you're not going to actually help the situation, just, just focus on what you're good at. Right. And how did we go from fuck the police to to being a cop in movies? Honestly, honestly. Yeah. This this is, I mean, and, and I think this is something that we should, we should probably keep an eye on or that's something that we should maybe talk about in a future episode is that once you start making money, how your relationship to some of these community sentiments and experiences uh, is a little bit compromised. They tend to change. Yes. Unfortunately. That is true. So to build on how Trump is trying to manipulate the Black community, on Tuesday, Twitter reported that it had suspended a number of accounts that claimed to be owned by Black supporters of President Donald Trump and his re-election campaign. Saying <laughs> the accounts broke its rules on spam and platform manipulation. In other words, they have beer bots. Right. A review conducted by Reuters of some of the suspended accounts showed they often used images of real people that did not match their names and posted identical language in their messages, including the phrase that is in all caps, (laughs) yes, I'm black and I'm voting for Trump, three exclamation points. The accounts sometimes claim to be owned by military veterans or members of law enforcement. Most of the accounts were created in 2017, but had become more active in the past two months, obviously tied to the election. Twitter declined to specify the number of accounts suspended or to comment beyond its statement. Any surprises here, Curtis? None at all. Um, right-wing parties, not only in the United States, here in Canada, um, I think in just about every Western country, uh, they they use bots precipitously in order to make themselves look more popular than they actually are. Clearly, that process works sometimes. It's one of the reasons why Trump won, uh, but other times it doesn't. And by the way, I remember this piece of research I did, or I read uh, back in 2018 that pointed to, uh, at least when it comes to national leaders, so this wouldn't apply to governors or premiers or, or mayors, but national leadership, whoever has the most followers on social media, that person is almost certainly always going to win an election. What I find maybe most interesting about what Reuters um, found in their investigation is that a lot of the accounts were black fake black people, of course, but, but but those black people appeared to be members of law enforcement and military veterans, mm. uh, which points to some of our uh, maybe levels of appreciation for, for certain people in our communities. Perhaps it's that when you see a black person who is in law enforcement or was a military veteran, you maybe can understand why they would be a Republican. 
uh, perhaps. I'm, I'm, I'm really just making that up. But I, I thought that was a really interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> I thought it was a really interesting choice to, to kind of, you know, show people maybe in uniform or people who claim to be veterans um, uh, as, as Trump supporters. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, because one of the things that's been happening over the past little bit is um, Trump has been losing support within the military. And so what his followers who are putting these bots together would be trying to do then is show that he has support in areas where he actually doesn't. Mm-hmm. Keeping an eye on the U.S. election, Biden is outperforming Trump in all swing states. <laughs> Trump is so shook that he's revisiting places that are supposed to be locked up for him, like North Carolina. He has gone there nine times to try to lock in more excitement during advanced voting. And you want to know the main reason Trump is falling so far behind? Suburban women. In North Carolina, for example, 53% are backing Biden, while only 35% are backing Trump. That's why Trump and Pence are being unusually... (laughs) shall I say, respectful to women. Another reason Trump isn't as strong is because of how much Biden has been able to fundraise, which captures the sentiment in the U.S. that he's clearly the preferred candidate. So Patience, are you you feeling confident about American voting intentions? Why so or why not? I would love to feel confident about Biden winning this election, but I know that there are people who will line up for hours on voting day, just like they've been doing for advanced voting and will maybe have their voices heard in Montana and Utah and maybe not have their voices heard in Georgia and New York. I'm really trying to stay super, super positive, but I'm just like we spoke about last week. I'm just hoping for the Electoral College to fall in line here. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, On top of what we've already discussed about swing states, there are, there's other indicators too that Trump will most likely lose, like the fact that both Biden and Trump had town halls on Thursday evening uh, and Biden was only on one network. He was on ABC while Trump was on two. MSNBC and CNBC, and Biden still got 700,000 more viewers on average. That said, voter suppression is still a real thing, right? And, and Trump is trying every trick he can, like what we just talked about with Ice Cube, to get black men, which is, in this election, a, quote, coveted demographic. I, just, a, just a random question. Um, when Trump had his town hall, uh, were people there in person? Like, did he have, like... I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. This man has COVID and he's like having town halls. Is that, that's cool with everybody? That's cool with his followers, clearly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Who cares, right? Moving on to truly international news. Police brutality has become a, a larger conversation. We've been having it with respect to the Black Lives Matter movement, but end SARS is the, the, the newest hashtag, and it represents Nigeria's fight to end police brutality. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done a bit of a deeper dive into this issue on, on my other podcast, Hyphenated, but most of you should have caught wind by now of the hashtag NSARS, 
SARS is not referring to, you know, the, the epidemic that took over our world in the early 2000s. It is referring to the special anti-robbery squad that has been tormenting citizens in Nigeria. So what's the problem with the special anti-robbery squad? Well, it targets Nigerian youth who floss. Huh? Basically, if you look young, you own expensive stuff, this force will harass you verbally and sometimes physically until you tell them how you got your iPhone, how you got your car, and whatever else they're interested in. Protests started because SARS, armed often with AK-47s, went even further to kill young people. Madness. Absolute madness. Since protests began a few weeks ago in Nigeria, international allies have been setting up their demonstrations in places like London, New York, and even right here in Toronto. It's been great to see people around the world take cues from the Black Lives Matter movement and fight police brutality and demand accountability from their leaders. And as a Nigerian, it makes me really, really proud. What do you think about this, this NSAR stuff? I hear that. I mean, I haven't, um, I think, I, I honestly think that you are the reason I know about this. Um, and uh, police brutality anywhere is, 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 is a problem. So, uh, you know, I'm happy that these folks are, are making a concerted effort to rid themselves of SARS. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and I hope that they're successful. In terms of this week's questions for the audience, we're really curious about whether you think the other three parties should allow Annemi Paul to be elected to the House unopposed. So to be clear, should the Liberals, Conservatives, and NDP take a step back and allow this Black woman to secure her seat in the House unopposed? Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. We now have our own Instagram page dedicated to the podcast. Follow us at The Drift Deal. Black people, we hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. So if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to slide in our DMs and let us know what's up. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutant. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. See y'all next time.